and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who, the Sarah Jane Adventures, and now Torchwood. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the telepathic Matt. Hello there. So, Matt, today we are discussing Greeks Bearing Gifts. Mmm. Is the name of this episode. Episode 7. Episode 7 of Series 1 of Torchwood. Oh, I mean, we, um, it's fair to say, so far, we've not enjoyed Series 1 of Torchwood. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether you think this episode uh, is an improvement or not. Um, I'm not... I'm going to try, after last week... <laughs> Where I just grumped through the entire thing. I'm going to try and not tip my hand too early. I, I'm going to be so positive, David. Even when I'm being critical, <laughs> I think I think we were too down last week. I think we really need to pick things up. It certainly it caught us in a caught us in a bad moment. I think uh, last week. <laughs> Though I'll be honest, I, I, I it was one of my rare occasions where I actually listened back to, um, once the the edit was out. And um, to be honest, I had a great time listening to it. I was like, "Oh yeah, we were really horrible," but <laughs> but you know, I, I I enjoyed myself. That was a good chat. It, it it's one of my favourite episodes we've ever done, but it's also one of the worst episodes we've ever done. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, something I did notice was you mentioned Matt that you were going to do. Uh, a uh, episode 200 tease and then completely failed to do so so uh i i would like to now give you the floor and you can uh, uh update the listeners with whatever you you were going to mention last week and forgot um well initially my plan was to bring back every segment we've ever done on the podcast david that's quite a lot of segments yeah, then when I, I wrote a list, hold on, because it's in my phone, let me read you this. Mm-hmm. I thought we could do Meal of the Week, Would I Lie to Who, A to Z, Have I Got Who for You, Little Zorbs Can Tell Us a Joke, Let Us Letters, mm-hmm. Listener Tweets, Wheelie Big Quiz, TV Highlight of the Week, Talk About Robot Wars for a bit, Talk About Breakfast for a bit, Talk About What We're Wearing for a bit, Talk About How Much I Hate Goths for a bit. Um, we could talk about going to the supermarket for a bit. You could sing the greetings <laughs> curator song. I could ed- edit in the Marty McLean mm-hmm. song. Um, and that was it. It's too much, isn't it? <laughs> it's a lot, isn't it? It's maybe too much. <laughs> we might pare that down a little bit. So I've boiled it down to two that we're going to do. and Right. I- I- I'm going to introduce two things and neither are on that list. Okay. I'm excited. So I thought we could. We've, we've threatened to do this in the past. And I think mm-hmm. we did do it once upon a time. I'm going to give a definitive ranking of all the doctors. Nice. Looking forward to that. And I thought maybe if you did the same, then we could do an aggregated score and work out which is the best. Yeah, you know what? All right. I've never... I've never I've, attempted it before i've never kind of wanted to nail my colors to the mast but i'm up for that i think so um yeah yeah the definitive doctor rankings and of course once we've done that um we will never do it ever again so uh, you know no 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 so I mean, you know only in two years time when we hit episode 300 
No, 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 never even then. So, I mean, for example, Shooty Gatwa, whoever plays the Doctor after him, they will, they will just never feature on on our definitive uh, Doctor rankings because they are definitive. They're final. I think we have to be firm about that, Matt. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. Like, I, I know Married to Who still use the <laughs> top 150 Doctor Who poll story rating, whatever, from years ago. Mm-hmm. So we'll just do the same. Yeah, why not? So, yeah. Oh, we'll do the definitive okay. ratings. Yeah. And I, I said we were going to be positive this week, David, but I'm going to go back to last week and say we don't want any opinions mm-hmm. on this from the listeners. We don't want any critique of our list from the listeners. Our rule is final. Absolutely. I think, like I say, we've, we've got to be firm on this. Yeah. Um. So, what was the other segment you were thinking about for next week, Matt? Well, the other segment is. A I love little... how this has just become a planning meeting, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I should have really like circulated a list and itinerary for today's meeting. Um. Now, the second one, David, is <laughs> a little bit of fun, just just for me and you. Right. Mainly you. Mm-hmm. So, I was recently gifted a selection of insanely dangerous chilli sauces. And I I thought, in keeping with, you know, TikTok culture, down with the kids, I I thought we could just do a little (laughs) quiz, and if I do a question wrong, I'll just eat some really, really crazy chilli sauce. That's, I mean, yeah, it is going to be an absolute treat for me because um, it, it, will, it will mean that I can indulge two of my hobbies uh, simultaneously, uh, those being uh, pointless Doctor Who trivia and uh, watching you suffer physical pain. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, David. I tried the hottest one the other day, little dab on a spoon, mm-hmm. put it in my mouth, and... The only thing I did was shout the word shit really loud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, What a treat that's going to be for the listeners. Yeah, so we'll start with, you know, not very hot. We'll start with jalapeno or jalapeno, however people say it. We'll go through habanero. Mm -hmm. Then we'll go into bullet chilies. And then the hottest one I've got is uh, extreme ghost chilies. Which is good times. The bottle of pain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that, Matt. So um, that's episode 200. Um, And of course, we will have a uh, regular feature review, as we always do with our regular episodes. And I will tell you that at the end of this episode, same as ever. So um, do keep listening. If we remember, because I forgot last week. (laughs) Um, it's pretty much reflexive for me at this point uh, fortunately which you'd hope it would be after 199 episodes wouldn't you (laughs) you'd hope we'd we'd have to a some extent hit our stride (laughs) yeah I still don't really feel we have I sit down every week and I just don't know what's going to (laughs) come like last week I I, I, I didn't realise you were going to mood match me uh, I, I was going to say, Matt, has anyone reminded you recently that uh, podcasting is optional? We're not sort of yeah. 
we're not bound by law to do this. We won't have govern, government expectors knocking on the doors being like, right, show us your, show us your podcast stats. Oh, never mind the bloody government, right? So, after last week, I, I've stood by my yeah. guns. We're not doing listener tweets this week. I just can't. I couldn't be bothered. Right, okay. okay. We'll bring it back next week. We're just having a week off. We're having a week off. So, this week, any message, any tweet that I've put out, I made it so there were no replies allowed. I just switched off replies mm-hmm. to all our tweets. So... Yeah, you know, I put a message out saying, oh, we're doing Greeks bearing gifts. I didn't ask for any opinions. No one could reply to the tweet. It was just there for people <laughs> to see. Right? Yeah. Now, that that didn't stop people, David, sending their reviews. Did they just do them via DMs instead? Yeah, yeah. So one person, I, I won't name names because I don't want to embarrass anyone. One person sent a message and it just said, oh, I really rate this episode, blah de blah de blah And I just replied, just going, oh, I don't remember asking. <laughs> Harsh but fair. Yeah. The, the, only per- the only person that sent a nice message, and I, I'm going to warn you, Rod Henderson, you're, you're skirting dangerously close to getting inducted to the Martin McLean Hall of Fame. My- Rob just sent us a message just going, is everything all right? I've noticed I can't reply to your messages. Oh, I was just like, see, oh, my dear sweet Rod, it's That's fine. how you do Don't it. Don't worry. That's how you do it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely good egg. But yeah, no listener tweets this week. Yes, perfectly reasonable. <laughs> right. <laughs> no complaints for me. Hello! And, oh, I don't need to do that bit. <laughs> I remember, we're not starting the very fine. Beginning. Look, the internet's broken. If the first 15 minutes aren't very good, that's why. <laughs> Let's move on together. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, Matt. Hello. Where do you want to begin with the regular features this week? Do you fancy... Uh, uh, do you fancy a bit of uh, Have I Got Who's For You or Lettuce Lettuce? Um, well, it depends because I'm, I've got the magazine in front of me. We can do that whilst you search for something for Have I Got Who's Sure, that seems like that. I mean, what we're looking for at this point is maximum efficiency. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. I don't know whether we made this clear to the listeners yet or, or not. I don't know if you'll put anything in post, but we have been having serious lag issues so far. Yeah, uh, that first 15 recording. minutes of this pod took us an hour to record. So. It has been a slog of, uh, of, of restarts and uh, talking over each other. I don't envy you editing it, Matt. It'll be it's fine. It's going to be a nightmare. It'll be fine. Um, however, we do have a problem if we do letters, letters. What is that? Uh, well, last month, the letters segment had four different parts to it. So there was one a week and it was easy. Here, we've uh-huh. either got more fond memories of Bernard Cribbin or we can talk about target novelizations. There's only two big sections this week. Should we should we alternate then? We'll do target novels this week, and then we can uh, circle back, back around to to Cribbins next week. Okay. So, target novelizations, uh, new editions. In fact, I haven't even put the theme music in to let us let us, David. 
We've got a special treat this week for the theme music. Have you? Yeah. One of my favourite bands, First Aid Kit, have done a little cover of the Let Us Letters theme, just for us. Oh, fun times. That's nice of us. So do you want to introduce the segment properly and we'll, we'll go for them there? <clears throat> Matt. Letters. 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 Right, so, David, from the September edition of Doctor Who magazine, we're looking at new editions. Mm. I always forget to in explain what Letters Letters is. It's just where we read the letters from Doctor Who magazine. Yeah, it's just uh, basically just pilfered content, isn't it? Yeah, but it's good for provoking a discussion. You know. yeah, that's the hope. That's the hope. Yeah, I'll come round to your thoughts and feelings. So, target novelizations. What are your thoughts, David? Do you enjoy a target novelization? I don't. I think I've said before on pod, um, novels and prose are probably my least favourite format for Doctor Who. I like, you know, I like a good novel. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think it really suits Doctor Who. And I think it's probably very different if you are someone who grew up in the 60s, 70s, in that era where, you know, home video was just not readily accessible. Mm. And, you know, if you were if you were like a fan, if you were like eight years old in the in, in the mid 70s, you'd you'd occasionally read these oblique references to uh, Doctor Who of yesteryear but you'd have no way of experiencing those stories other than the target novelizations. so for that generation of fans I totally understand why they are so pivotal and in many cases for, for some fans you know those versions are almost the definitive versions of the stories rather than the televised ones because those are the ones that they grew up with um but I didn't have that experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't have that same affection for them, it must be said. See, I've read two Target novelizations, and I mm. think they're great. Really? Yeah, I, I, I really like the uh, novelization of the television movie. You know, uh -huh. that gives you a little bit of extra flavour, a little bit of extra sauce. Mm -hmm. And of course, just the twin dilemma. I mean, yeah, that, that was... I mean, it's a classic in its own right, anyway. Yeah, I kind of had like a spiritual awakening when I read that. <laughs> you know, I, I could understand how people join cults after, after reading that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I kind of echo what you think, you know. Obviously, in the wilderness years, you've got to do something, haven't you? So, yeah. But it's, yeah, for, for me, it's just, I, I'd, I'd much sooner have, if I can't have a TV episode, I'd much sooner have an audio drama or a comic to read. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, it, it, it's something more to latch on to than, than, than just the, the words. For something, because for me, Doctor Who, it really, it is, it, it is such a television concept. 
first and foremost. You know, um, it, it it was designed with that medium in mind, and I think it really it, it it's kind of baked into the very core of the show. So the further you deviate from that, the the the, the less I tend to enjoy it. But anyway, uh, what what do the uh, um, the esteemed readers of DWM have to say on the subject? Right. Well, I'm going to start with Chris. I believe it's Stobart. It could be Stobart. Right. Um, but he's from Northampton, my old stomping yeah. ground, where I went yeah. to university. And where I was born, let us not forget. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. There was a star in the night sky to the north. And three <laughs> wise men walking across Northampton race cars. I mean, in, actu- in actuality, I was born during a thunderstorm, so make of that oh, what you will. Crikey. Oh, my <laughs> But big, big hello to you, Chris Stobber. I know you're a fan of the show. You'll be listening. So yeah. Chris says, anything by Mark Gattis would be good for an adaptation, particularly The Unquiet Dead, which he says he already knows the beginning for. For re-novelizations, they could try getting Chris Boucher, Boucher, however you say his name, to do mm-hmm. one or two, since he wrote a few fourth Doctor novels for BBC Books, including the recently reissued Corpse Marker. Or give Eric Sayward a chance to do his own thing with Earthshock. Yeah, I mean... Chris Chris Boucher, I'd definitely be interested in, uh, uh, to an extent, because... Um, I, I love his scripts. I think he was one of the uh, the wittiest and most interesting of um, the, the writers in the Fourth Doctor era. Um, so I, I certainly think it, it would be interesting in some ways to see what he'd do upon revisiting his stories. And uh, Mark Gatiss. I mean, well, Mark Gatiss, he's, you know, he's turned his hand to a couple of novels in his time. I'm surprised they haven't asked... Well, you know what? They probably have asked Gatiss to do uh, some for for the, the, the sort of new Who targets they've been doing. But I imagine he just hasn't had the time to fit mm-hmm. one in yet. Because... He definitely he is, you know, a capital N name. I know his episodes can be divisive, but I think if you picked a crowd pleaser like like Unquiet Dead or The Crimson Horror or something like that. Oh actually, no, did he not do the Crimson Horror? Crimson Horror, I'm certain that it's, was fairly recently. Yeah, maybe he he has done one then. I don't know. I don't I don't pay close attention to the targets, to be honest. If I was going to pick up any of them, it would be the day of the Doctor. People rave about that one. Oh, really? Well, yeah, do you and want all the hear... extra stuff that Moffat snuck into it. Do you want to hear what Luke Whitehouse has to say? Yeah, go on. He says, for the 13th Doctor, I'd love to see Spyfall novelised. There could be more backstory on Daniel Barton, as it was never fully explained why he was only 93% human, or what the Kasavin's actual aim was as I find it hard to believe that they just wanted to infiltrate the world and do the Master's bidding. I'd also choose Fugitive of the Jadoon, as we could have that entire book written from Ruth, a.k.a. the Fugitive Doctor's perspective. Those are both really interesting suggestions. Uh, I would... I would quite like... Um, I, 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 I certainly think... I mean, Spyfall, you've got the fact that it's borrowing heavily from James Bond 
so you could write it almost in a in a, in a pseudo Ian Fleming style mm-hmm. to begin with, and uh, you know th- they are absolutely correct that there are some some gaping holes that could be filled <laughs> in that story. Um, it's got a lot of great ideas, but it 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 barely hangs together. And you could add a bit more connective tissue there, I think, um, with that one. And, yeah, Fugitive of, of the Dudoon written in first person from Ruth, a.k.a. the Fugitive Doctor's perspective. That's a really interesting idea. Mm. quite like that. What would you first... pick for... A, for a, no, it... no, I'm going to ask you, Matt. What would you pick for a 13th Doctor target novelisation? What story mm. would you want to see? Let me think. I can't remember which ones I really liked. Mm. Um, in fact, I can barely remember any. Uh, maybe Flux, but put like footnotes in so I know what's going on. <laughs> uh, I, I you know, know what for, I would for like. For some reason, my, the one in my mind, that it, my, yeah. the first thing that popped into my mind, and I don't know why, and I don't mm. remember being massively enamoured with it, is the ghost monument for some reason that just came into my head so we'll go with yeah that. no i could see that like you could do something really atmospheric with it i think like really really sink into the detail of that world mm. uh which would be fun uh I, I i agree with you as well flux but i'll tell you what my solution for flux would be write it as a choose your own adventure novel well i'm gonna link that to jonathan stilt's letter who okay. says, I'd love to see Heaven Sent novelised by Target as a choose-your-own-adventure-style book. Oh, well, they... <laughs> that, that would also work, endlessly wouldn't it? ...and occasionally sends you on the route back to page one. Oh, that's brilliant. That's even that's an even better uh, candidate than Flux, isn't it? Mm. Oh, no, I can't top that. Great stuff. Yeah, I don't know whether they'd ever do anything that experimental with Target, but they should, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, interesting. Yeah. Now it would certainly be better than the than the choose your own adventures that that already exist in the, in the Doctor Who world. How dare you? Do you, Don't when... you speak ill of lost luggage. <laughs> and you know what? It's episode two hundred next week. Oh no, I shouldn't have even mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Right. right. C- can I ask Moving you on. can I ask you a question though, David? Yeah, go on. Um, 22 down. The unicorn and something. It's a three, then a four. Oh, I think it's uh, the unicorn and the bees. I mean, it would fit, yeah. Yeah. Unicorn and the bees. Unicorn and the bees. Now, that gives us a couple of letters... Right. For, for 15 down. It's a three letter answer here, David. Drink that revived the 10th Doctor. Oh, um, gin. Gin. Uh, yeah. I think that fits. That's three letters. Yeah. Yeah. Should we do one more? Yeah, I'll go for it. Uh, let me just find one that I need. The Something of Steel. This is 20 across. Three letters. The Something of Steel. Yeah. 
Um, the... I don't know. You got any suggestions for that one, Matt? Well, I thought it could the be plan. the hen of steel. The hen of steel. Yeah. Yeah, that might it's, that that sounds about right. I mean, That's it could be dog or something. cat. They all fit. Yeah, it, it could. Yeah, that's a point. That's a point. Let pe- pencil hen in for now, and we'll come yeah. back to it next week. Yeah, there we go. I love the Doctor Who crossword. Um, yeah. Just whilst we're on that. If you do like Target novelizations, which everyone does, you yes. should support our friends at the Who Can Convince You podcast on Patreon because they do Reading Club where they read through a Doctor Who Target novelization. Amazing. Yeah. I think it's only a pound a month. I was lucky enough, David. I helped contribute to the reading of The Five Doctors. And Fantastic. You know it's a story I love and respect. So I did it with the utmost you know, professionalism. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Right. Well, Shall we move on? I think we'd probably better had, hadn't we? So, yeah. I'm just booting up searchwise.net, Matt. Are you ready? For oh, Have I Got ready. Who's For You? Okay, so, Screen Rant. This would be a potentially a bit of a spoilery one. Everyone who is returning for Doctor Who's 60th anniversary, confirmed and rumoured. No, thank you. No spoilers for me, please. Okay, Leicestershire Live have got Leicester's Hobbit star teases Doctor Who return and first ever psychological thriller. Hold on. Who was in... Is that Sylvester McCoy? He was in The Hobbit and Doctor Who. Well, the picture is not a picture of Sylvester McCoy. I don't know who it is. I've never seen The Hobbit films. Right. Um, so, uh... No, skip that then. Okay. Uh, Daily Record has got popular Ayrshire Doctor Who watched Kilmarnock win league title in 1965 celebrates 100th birthday. Uh, I think that's... (laughs) What's that? You know, I am a doctor, but perhaps not the one you were looking for or the one you were expecting. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's it's very much a case of that. Uh, We might have to go on to second page here. Um... Wales Online, Anthony Hopkins hints at possible future role in Doctor Who. Do you know what that's a, a, an article based on? Uh, yes, I saw that. He basically found he a red it. phone box and confused himself, didn't he? <laughs> it seems that way. It's yeah. The whole thing is just so baffling. <laughs> yeah. What, what a lovely bloke, though. Yeah. I want him and Sylvester yeah. McCoy to be friends. Metro have got a little bit of a speculation thing. Who could be the next companion alongside Shooty Gatwa? 
Oh, should we go for that? I mean, yeah, I can do. And I, I think we're into the realms of wild speculation and it'll just be a list of actors that I've never heard of, but uh, we'll uh, give it a go. Do you think it's going to be just who's popular at the moment? It'll just be a list of popular young people that I've never heard of. Right. So, I, I'm going to keep one. score. If you've heard of them, you get one point. <laughs> we'll see. So, Rose Ailing Ellis. I have not heard of her. Uh, I don't think I have. Let me Google her and see if I know her picture. Uh, but I can send you a link to the article if you want. It does oh, yeah, have that, a that pictures. <laughs> One second. What website is it on? Uh, it's Metro. Uh, I'll do I do have a link here. Doctor Who Companion Metro. Right, I've got it. I've got it. Right. Okay. So, no, I don't know her. She's apparently on right. EastEnders. So they say. Uh, just reloading the page now. Um, right, okay. So, former EastEnders star and Strictly winner Rose is by far the most popular guest at the moment, thanks to a few clues. The actress conveniently left the BBC soap recently and started following returning Doctor Who showrunner Russell T Davis and actor Shooty Gatwell on Instagram. Maybe she's just a fan, or maybe there's more to it. Yeah, she's probably uh, just a fan. Hmm. So, second one is Yasmin Finney. We already know that Yasmin will be joining David, uh, who previously played the 10th Doctor, and Catherine, Donald Noble, for the 60th anniversary special next year as a new character called Rose. It's not confirmed, but it's widely thought that she'll be playing Donna's daughter. So, I have heard of Yasmin Finney, but only because she has already been cast in Doctor Who. Everything you've just read is everything I know about her. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know one more thing, which is that she's been in a show called something like Heartbreaker or something. I think that was the big thing she was known for before this. Was it Heartbeat? Like, about those 1960s placemen? I don't believe so. I think it was a programme for young people. Um, Which is why I've never actually seen it. Um, Right, so the next one, Patricia Allison. Have not heard of her. Could we see a sex education reunion on Doctor Who? Uh, Patricia was recently confirmed as one of the sex education cast members leaving the show, so might possibly have the time to film Doctor Who. It would also make a big change from Eric and Ola, but if anyone can pull it off, it's Shooty and Patricia. Yeah, because we're all such big sex education fans here. Yeah, yeah. Lydia West, I have heard of. Because she was rumoured to potentially be the 14th Doctor. Okay. So, yeah, Lydia was widely rumoured to be taking over as a Doctor. Having starred in It's a Sin in years and years, she's clearly got a great working relationship with Russell, so why wouldn't he bring her back? She's definitely got range, uh, so we reckon who would be a walk in the park for her. To be honest, I'd almost prefer it if she wasn't, so we maybe get to see her have a crack at the Doctor at a later date. Because mm. that's yeah. a, that's the, one of the things, isn't it? If you play a companion, it probably rules you out being the Doctor. Yeah. 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 Honourable mention so. for Nicola Coughlin. Uh, I have heard of her. 
Yeah, she's from I think. Derry Girls. Derry Girls, yeah. So, which I have seen and very much enjoyed. So Bridgerton star Nicola was very widely rumoured to be Shooty's companion shortly after her, his casting, with a spectacular photo of them at the Bathers, BAFTAs only fueling the fire. The rumours got so intense that Nicola ended up having to address it, telling Variety, I am not going to be on Doctor Who, we are doing something together, but it's not Doctor Who. Uh, many have taken this to mean that Nicola will be part of Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie. But what if she's done an Andrew Garfield and actually does crop up in Doctor Who? Maybe it's a reach, but we're not counting it out entirely. So, of those, who do you think would be most interesting? Uh, Nicola Coughlin, because she's the only one I've heard of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think she could bring some some more sort of like Donna-esque energy. Yeah. Like if she plays a similar character, she's frantic, isn't she? And anxiety. Yeah, frantic and quite funny and and uh yeah, I I I think I think that could that would be an interesting vibe. Depend- uh, and, of course, depending on what kind of doctor we get with uh, Shooty, I I'm, I don't know what, what, what direction they're going to go with, but I've been thinking about this recently, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping... I'm hoping he goes for Suave. You know, a bit Pertwee-esque. Yeah, like... I think he could be, like, you know, one of those charmer doctors. Like, if, if you... If we kind of rewind through the Doctors, like, Jodie yeah. was, at first, was, like, scatterbrained but resourceful. Yeah. Then, you know, Capaldi was, like, horrible but then kind. Yeah. You know, we need a palate cleanser. We can't just have what we've just had. Exactly, yeah. So I think going to to, to a more sort of, like, yeah, a, a Pertwee style, slightly more alpha kind of doctor. Yeah, would be an interesting well, change if you think of pace. About it skeptically. Yeah. In in recent times, in modern Who, when the show was most popular, it was when you had that charming David Tennant incarnation. So yeah, yeah, they, they might want to lean into that sort of thing. Yeah, I, 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 I have a suspicion that's sort of the direction they'll be going in. I could be proven wrong. You know, he could go like full mad professor with it. Who knows? But I, 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 if I had to if I had to put my money on anything, I feel like that's the sort of direction they, they'd go in. And if you've got that kind of a doctor, having a slightly sort of uh, manic, anxious, all over the top companion would make a good contrast to that. Mm. So um, yeah, we we shall have to wait and see though. You know, see, well, whilst see what the future holds. Former doctors. Yeah. Uh, just to follow up what we discussed last week, I have now watched both episodes of House of the Dragon, and Matt Smith is by miles the best thing about that show. Really? Yeah. Now I don't I don't know if that's I mean certainly not damning with faint praise, but because I mean Matt Smith is a great actor, but like. Are, are you getting the sense that if it wasn't for Matt Smith, you wouldn't be keeping up with it? No, no, no. Like, I, I enjoyed... I mean, I'm slightly biased because I did love Game of Thrones and that's my yeah. sort of thing. Um, I, I did really enjoy the first two episodes. 
Um, yeah. And, and everyone puts in a good shift, but I think they've intentionally maybe made it so Matt Smith is the sort of cool anti-hero you're supposed to fall in love with, but he's, right. he's brilliant in it. Yeah. I can imagine. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm glad for him because post-Doctor Who, that lad just hasn't caught a break. No, like, he was in bloody Morbius. He was in the worst Terminator film. The, yeah. the only thing I've enjoyed him in was when he was on This Time with Alan Partridge. Yeah, which was just a small, you know, just a, just a, a one-scene deal really and mm. I, I, I i know he got good reviews when he was in the crown as well but oh yeah know. i've seen him in that yeah. he was brilliant in that yeah he basically yeah. plays prince philip in house of the dragons right okay so you think it was his performance from the crown that was probably one of the reasons he was he was being eyed up for auditions for that show then? yeah it would not surprise me interesting well, I mean, I, it's one of those things where like, I know one day I'm going to watch it. and But where I'm at at the moment in my life, I just don't think I've got the energy for it. Mm. Which is really weird for me to say because I was obsessed with Game of Thrones when it was out. You know, I was one of those kinds of fans who was... If, if I'm not watching it, basically thinking about it every day, listening to podcasts, reading blogs, reading forum threads, speculating, the, the, the whole kit and caboodle. I was so deep into that show. And there's something about House of the Dragon where I'm just like, I don't think I want this. <laughs> like, I certainly don't think I need this. No, but um, I, I said last night when we were watching it, that yeah. if you think back, first series of Game of Thrones is is very different to what the show became, isn't it? Oh yeah, so absolutely. I, I'm going to give it a bit of time. And... Yeah, and and I think I'm 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 kind of feeling like I'd be amazed if it didn't go at least two seasons. So what I may end up doing is just waiting until they've got a couple of seasons under their belt, and then I can just shotgun the whole bang thing. my way through it. At some point, yeah, I think that's probably the approach I'm going to take with it. Um, See, yeah, I've, I, I've also got um, Rings of Power to watch, and I just don't yeah. know how I feel about that yet. Like, that to me looks like a, a, a. I don't know. I think it's possibly just a tax dodge, yeah. <laughs> effectively. Like. Again, it's the sort of thing... Like, Lord of the Rings are three of my favourite films. I absolutely adore them. Yeah. But for some reason, that just doesn't ring my bell. I, it, the thing that boils my blood with that is you look at... And, and to, a, to an extent, um, House of the Dragon as well. You look at the budgets those shows have, and I'm just like, you could pick from hundreds of other incredible fantasy book series and adapt probably three of them for the same cost that you're plunging into this one series. Mm. And and any one of those could potentially be the next Game of Thrones. But TV executives so rarely take a risk on something new. 
Um, and and so if to them it is a safer bet to basically just get as much blood out of the Lord of the Rings stone as they can than actually just take a punt on something new and a bit more exciting. Um, So I'm, I'm not particularly interested in that at all. No. To be honest, but I I, I will probably end up watching it one day. Having said that, as I mentioned earlier, I still never seen the Hobbit films. Yeah, they're okay. I mean, for there, for that, it was more just like I, I was just baffled at the decision to make it the length that it was. When I, was, I, I just sort of looked at the source material and thought, you know what, that's a two-hour film. It, it doesn't need to be more than that. And if you make it more than that, you're just going to kill what makes the novel enjoyable, as far as I'm concerned, and that it's a pacey, rompy adventure story. They, yeah, I don't know. I might watch it by next week and see where we get to. But still, still all in on She-Hulk. That's still my favourite at the moment. Yeah, I need to catch up on that. I've seen the first couple, but I haven't seen uh, episode three yet. I'm very much enjoying it so far, though. Speaking of things we very much enjoy, should we talk about Torchwood? Oh, God, I suppose we better had, haven't we? We've been dragging this out. Yeah. Right. Okay. I don't know, do you, do you so, feel we've missed listener tweets this week? Nah. Nah. Next week I, I'm going to do listener tweets, but I'm going to stick them at the end. Like. Oh. Sh- why not shake things up for the for the two hundredth episode? Yeah. From now on, they're going at the end when all the momentum's dead and I've stopped caring. <laughs> That's where listener so, tweets are going. So Matt. Greeks bearing gifts. Good yep. episode, bad episode. What what did you make of it? Um, I don't know because I I feel I feel there's so much. Whenever I go, it's not the worst episode. That is not a good thing. No. And, and when I say this is okay by Torchwood standards, that is not a good thing. Mm. Um, but I I'd put this in the top half of what we've seen so far. I. I, I would too. I think I'd go so far as to say it's probably my personal favourite. Mm. Although there's a lot of individual moments I absolutely hate. Yes, likewise. Um, I, 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 to be clear, personal favourite of what I've seen so far, still not something I would... I'd be quite happy to never have to watch it again. You know? Yeah. I, I, I would not be going out of my way to rewatch this at all. If... If we went back to like the start of the year when we began reviewing these other shows, yeah, and, and you said which are you going to prefer, Sarah Jane Adventures or Torchwood? One hundred percent, I'd have said, "Oh, Torchwood, it's for grown-ups." Yeah, but it, it, it's not, is it? <laughs> it's not for grown-ups. It is, should I tell you what it is? I was thinking about this. My analogy for Torchwood, uh, certainly the Torchwood we've seen so far is it, it makes me think of you know when you come back to school from the summer holidays and there's one kid in your class who's obviously been like hanging out with his older brother or whatever and has learned a bunch of new swear words mm. and uh you know may, maybe he's he's 
uh, fa- or, or you know, found an old porn magazine shoved in, in a hedge or on some railway sidings or something. And at the time, you're like, wow, this kid's so grown up. But also, part of you is still just like, this isn't what grown-ups are actually like, though, is it? No. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, look, this is competently written and competently made, which is not something I can, I, I can say wholeheartedly about every episode of Torchwood we've seen so far. But part of me is still basically of the opinion that if Doctor Who writers must write whilst they are horny, they should at least have the decency to keep the the produce of that to some dark corner of the internet and, and certainly not have it put in front of TV cameras, shot professionally and broadcast on the BBC. <laughs> Uh, Which is what has happened here. Because, let's be honest, the main, my main takeaway from this is that Toby Whitehouse clearly has a smoking fetish. Oh, uh, David, like, I, I even sent you a message. The yeah. main thing I was interested in, in watching this, was everyone smoking in dolls. I had to Google what date this episode came out, what date the yeah. smoking ban came into effect... And that was the main thing I was interested in. Okay, well, tell me, what were your conclusions there? Uh, this was filmed prior to the smoking ban. This was obviously November 2006. Smoking yeah. ban introduced 2007. Oh, right, so right at the very end. It, it reminds me as well, do you remember that BBC Three sitcom called The Smoking Room? Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of been sort of buried and forgotten about. It was because it was a weird one where... I actually quite liked it because every episode was a bottle episode, you know. It was all done on one set. and mm. uh, But it kind of felt... It it kind of... It came around, out just after things like The Office and stuff, so the fact that it had a laugh track suddenly felt really passe and yeah. old-fashioned. Um, but And also the fact that it's ostensibly a modern show, but... It's all about a bunch of people sat indoors smoking in a in a workplace environment. Yeah, just <laughs> which is so weird. Time wasn't it? I'm just yeah. Because we... that came out in 2005. So again, yeah. just before. So, yeah, just before the ban. Yeah. Um, and, and it's one of those things that does instantly date something, doesn't it? Mm, definitely. Just. It, it, especially stuff that looks kind of modern, but you 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 you're seeing people just sitting around smoking inside a pub, and you're just like, that seems a bit rude. You know, they've got designated areas for that. Um, yeah. But anyhow. But uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Should we just jump into this? I think so. Let's do it. Right, so Greeks Bearing Gifts, written by Toby Whithouse, directed by Colin Teague. So there's two names yep. we've seen before. Absolutely. I think this is Whithouse's first script for Torchwood. I don't know if he yes, comes back I again. I think so. But, but Whithouse is, you know, he's all over New Who, so. Uh, so episode seven of season one from the 26th of November 2006. Mm-hmm. So we open... In the past, we're in Cardiff in 1812. 
I did. I, I will say immediately, it feels more Doctor Who-y because you're starting with a historical cold open. Yeah. Yeah, but why do we keep getting, like, flashbacks to just sexual assaults? (laughs) Because it's Torchwood and it's really grown up. Yeah. So we meet Mary, who's leading a man into the woods. Yeah. And at the mention of her being similar to the Virgin Mary, he slaps her. Uh, Yeah. She's obviously a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And she runs away, at which point she sees a bright light. So yeah. he catches up to her and shoots her with a pistol. And that's the end of the flashback. We then see the Torchwood team arrive at a construction site, which is the same place but in modern times. Mm-hmm. And would you believe it, David, they've been watched by someone. It's the same woman as the flashback, but this time dun, in dun, modern dun. Wales. Yeah. How she pulled that one off. Oh, well, allow me to indulge your interest. (laughs) So, after the credits, the Torchwood team find alien remains, and Jack just seemingly just wishes it was a party. Just says, oh, I've had enough with all these autopsies. Should we have a boogie? (laughs) Just, you know, read the room, pal. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, there's also some human remains, and it appears that they've been shot. So, we're led to believe this is the woman Mary from earlier. Yes. Um, Owen makes a very, very awkward sex comment to Gawain. Yeah. Which Tosh notices. And then, whilst they're just having a flirty mess about, they break Tosh's computer. So, she's absolutely raging. Well, I mean, rightly so. I, I, I don't. I feel like a stuck record complaining about the, you know, the workplace standards of Torchwood every week. But seriously, you know, have a bit of respect for other people who are trying to do their jobs. Maybe. Yeah. Plus, I'm certain. Hard. I, I, I imagine in an institute like Torchwood, they probably have a morning briefing where they all talk about what they're doing that day. Yeah. And if Tosh said, oh, I'm just currently deciphering every alien language, you'd be yeah. a bit careful, wouldn't you? I, if I were Tosh, I would be going to Jack and saying, I'm sorry, I need a private office. Yeah. I've got all I've got all of this computer equipment. I'm just exposed. I don't even appear to have a chair half the time. Yeah. And um, they're, they're forever... Playing yeah. bloody basketball in the workplace. Yeah. Honestly, let Tosh have a private office, maybe a little a little uh, cork board or something, somewhere to put a post-it notes where, you know, she's not going to end up with her colleagues just sort of, I don't know, probably, let's be honest, probably shagging on a desk. I feel like it's only a matter of time before that happens. Stop trying to make basketball cool in Britain. Alright? We're a netball-loving nation. We don't (laughs) like basketball. Right? We get it. It's American. It's meant to be cool. Just leave it out. Have them playing netball. Yeah. It's... It's... Yeah. Right. Uh, So an angry Tosh goes out drinking. Yeah where she is approached by Mary, the girl from earlier, 
who knows who Tosh is and knows what Torchwood is. Mm -hmm. Ooh. So she's yeah. a scavenger, a collector, a bit like Thingy from that Rose episode. She's intrigued as to what Torchwood are uh, and, you know, collects alien artefacts. So, Matt, as, uh, as shadowy organisations go, yeah. is Torchwood the, 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 least, the least secret, secret organisation imaginable? David, I know more about Torchwood than I do British Parliament. <laughs> there's even a little cutaway. I don't know if you if you you notice it as well. There's that that moment when uh, Jack's on the phone to to the Prime Minister, asking him why he's talking to the leader of the opposition about Torchwood. Yeah, just they're all at it. Yeah, everybody knows Britain's worst kept secret. <laughs> yeah, so. Whilst they're having a drink together, she puts a pendant on Tosh. Yeah. And it helps her hear people's thoughts. Ooh. Yeah. So, with a bit of focus, she just hears the girl's voice. Hears Mary's voice. Yeah. And it turns out Mary wants to kiss Tosh. Mm hmm So, the necklace has been in Mary's family for years. So, she just hands it straight over to Tosh. Family heirloom. Here you go. All yours. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to think, how radical would it have been in two thousand and six to have this this sort of the because I mean late later in the episode we we get a full on uh, kiss between two women, and I'm just trying to think because I have a feeling I don't think Torchwood was first to this. I think there was a British soap that did it first, wasn't there? So I believe EastEnders did the first gay kiss. Uh, I remember that being two men. Um, yeah. So the oh, sorry. There was a BBC drama called Coming Out in 1979. Yeah, I've just found it. 1979. So it's certainly not as radical as it would like to have us think it is. <laughs> I don't think. Mm, and also... Looking. I. There's a BBC on the BBC website. There's an uh -huh. LGBTQ plus timeline of the BBC. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to flick forward a bit because if 1979 was the first, although that's not on the BBC. No, um, I might I'll have a little read of that later. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about. But I, I, the other thing I will say is as well. I don't wish to be overly cynical. It's hard not to be when Torchwood's concerned at the moment. But um, it must be said, I think two attractive women, women snogging is about as easy a sell as, <laughs> as it gets when it comes to gay representation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... There and and I think this episode does have its cake and eat it in that respect. In that there is, there is that sort of undercurrent of war, lads, kind of yeah like, um, quality to how that whole subplot is handled. Yeah, and it, it, it there's no romance, is there? It's just there. For, no, I don't want to say smut. I think that's a bit demeaning. Like, you know what I mean. 
No, but I think it's it's not it's not entirely unwarranted. Like Torchwood in general so far has been a bit of a smutty show. Like if you if you replaced the gore with with swanny whistle sound effects, there are points where it would practically be in a, a, a carry on film. Mm. Yeah. So, um, Tosh so yeah. has now got this necklace. She goes back to Torchwood HQ and she hides it from Sadianto, who's just like, My girlfriend's dead. I'm unhappy. Everything bad ever happens to me. Poor old Ianto, eh? Why is Ianto still there? What is in it for him? Yeah. Yeah. Like, plus... Like the he, pay can't be great. Like, you know, his girlfriend's dead. So last week yeah. they took him on a camping adventure to try and cheer him up a bit, where he was almost eaten by cannibals. Like, he, he just needs to take a yeah. sabbatical. He really does. Just get he his really head right does. and come back when he's ready. Yeah. Uh, they oh, she also sorry starts hearing Owen and Gwen's thoughts and yeah I I've just put they are gross like yeah. we're gonna get to it but Gwen is my least favorite character in Torchwood I I cannot stand oh I after this I know episode. which scene you're referring to yeah. I know which scene you're referring to um I I will say the one thing I did like about this scene is is in terms of the internal dialogue, it basically goes full peep show. Yeah. And there is that, there is that line. No, go Go on. on. Go on, sorry. I was going to say, there is that one line that Owen says where he says, I'm going to have to sit down before, so until this subsides a bit. I'm just like, the phrasing of that is, is pure peep show, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. See, that did make me chuckle. The one thing I liked that they don't do on peep show is at the end yeah. of their thoughts, they were just like, yeah, so I'll probably have a sandwich for lunch. You know, I'm feeling pretty hungry. Wait a minute, why is she staring at me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did like that they actually challenged why she was just walking around staring at them. Oh, yeah, because, like, if you recut this episode and you took the soundtrack of people's thoughts off, Tosh would look like an absolute lunatic. Oh, yeah, just well... shambling about the place, gawping. <laughs> people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Tosh meets Mary again and yeah. having only met her once invites her into her home. Yeah. Uh, Mary then invites Tosh to read her thoughts and again I've just written it's all a bit smutty. It surely is, yeah. Uh, they have a little kiss and Tosh immediately regrets them sleeping together. Mm-hmm. And Mary notices Tosh has feelings for Owen. So yeah. I, I I couldn't work out how this came to be. Is it just yeah. that Tosh is feeling a bit low, a bit vulnerable after you know hearing what Owen and Gwen think of her? I think the idea is that she's had feelings for a while, probably before Gwen was in the picture. Yeah, but it it must be said. It, it it doesn't ring true to me. For for, for one, it, it's baffling enough that, that Gwen's got this little tryst going on with Owen. The idea that that, that man can have two women at, in, in one small workplace who are both attracted to him, mm. I find a little hard to believe because he is just... 
he's an openly obnoxious human being. Plus, a couple of episodes, there was that gun scene between Gwen and Captain Jack, and it looked like something was going to happen there. Yeah, I, I mean, poor old Reese. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't got a clue what's going on there, so... No, he hasn't. Yeah. Right, uh, so... Mary then says, I'm Phylactetes. And at first I was like, is that literal? Is that really who she is? But yeah. we find out it's not. It's not. So basically what that is, is a very laboured way to justify the title of the episode. I feel like uh, Whithouse started with a title and worked his way back from there. Yeah, yeah 100%. Uh, so Tosh keeps wearing the pendant and she hears a man threaten murder in the street she -hmm. follows the man as he goes to collect his son from his ex-wife and just whips out a shotgun Uh, so Tosh knocks him out with a golf club yep and we go back to Torchwood HQ and I've just written Gwen is utterly detestable yeah like just She just needs to take it down a notch. If you were sat at your desk at work and some idiot was singing, you know, the leg bones connected to the whatever, just thinking it was the funniest thing they'd ever done. Mm -hmm. I've already said this. She'd be at least on a written warning for me. I mean, well, that's the thing. It, it, genuinely, because, like, at last episode, she was the one asking everyone, oh, okay, who, tell us, who's the last person you snogged? She basically has the emotional maturity of an 11-year-old girl. Uh, David, I've met 11-year-old girls at work who were more grown up than that. <laughs> like, what yeah. is the disciplinary procedures at Torchwood? Someone needs yeah. to step in. They really do. They really do. I, I wonder if... Do you think Jack's sort of sat in his office thinking, like, I think I maybe made a mistake with this hire? Yeah, do you think that's why she just, was ringing the Prime Minister to organise ethics? <laughs> just, just, just going through the, through the fine details on her contract, just be like, what... Did we oh, Did we do six months fixed? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's 12 months. Yeah. 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 Yeah, get her, get rid of her, get rid of her. Yeah. Uh, so Owen's doing a post mortem, and it turns out the skeleton is actually a male, which Gwen really rubs in his face, oh, and God. didn't die by gunshot, which Gwen yeah. really rubs in his face. And I've written in my notes, I think I hate Gwen, and I do. I've made my yeah, I, there is we we certainly as an audience, we've been given absolutely no reasons to like her. At one point. Early on, I did feel sort of sympathetic to her when she was having this issue of she was she wanted to have her nice, cosy little life with Reese, but then she was going to work every day and seeing some of the most insane and harrowing things any human being could imagine, and then just having to go back home and just be like, oh, do you want to have a curry tonight? And, and finding that jarring. But any sympathy I may have had for her has been absolutely jettisoned <laughs> at this point. 
uh, from the way she's behaved in these last couple of episodes. Like, I don't, I, 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 I have literally got to the point already where I do not care whether Gwen lives or dies on this show. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, yeah. if anything, kill her off. At least something interesting will have happened. And it would feel like a relief at this point. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Right, so Tosh then questions Jack on Philactetes. And then yeah. he goes, oh, why are you looking into that? She just goes, oh, nothing, and just walks away. Uh, so Tosh again meets Mary for a cuppa. This is where Mary smokes in a cafe, pre-smoking bab. Most interesting yeah. thing about this episode. Um, yeah. Owen continues the post-mortem and begins bantering with Tosh. Uh, mm-hmm. I think at this point about coffee. And Tosh yeah. now listens to Owen and Gwen. Gwen just swans in and just goes, oh, is that coffee going spare? Obviously not, but she drinks it. <laughs> yeah, she and doesn't even wait for a response, does she? She just, no, gets, she just tucks right in. running all over her. Just going, yeah, here you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Jack then begins questioning Tosh on saving the woman and child uh, from the guy with the gun, and he becomes suspicious. Yeah. Uh, Jack is working on some hardware that was found with the body. So if you're looking yeah. for the missing piece of the puzzle... It turns out they haven't shown you it till about 40 minutes into the episode. <laughs> yeah. Like, how are you meant to solve this when at the end Jack just goes, oh, by the way, I found this teleporter. Yeah. Like, where this is was it. that? Yeah. Okay. So Tosh tells Mary she needs to give up the pendant. And Mary begins talking in an alien voice. I was worried we weren't going to get an alien this week. I'm glad we did. Oh, no, I I knew we were getting an alien from the moment she turned up in modern day. Mm. I was like, oh, great, okay, it's an alien then. That solves yeah, that. that. That's what Torchwood wants you to think, David. I, I know. Then it just I, I was relieved. It, it is one of the ways in which I, I, was, I was actually satisfied this, with this episode. I was like, well, if nothing else, this was a proper sci-fi story. So, it turns out Mary's a weird nymph creature. Yeah. She's like a jellyfish woman. Yeah, Um, with some real top-quality PS2-level animation. Oh, yeah, yeah, really, you know. I don't like dating thing based on its CGI, but this is well and truly a product of its time. Yeah. Uh, But in a way where I do think it is sort of charming, in the same way that the, the rubbery old 1970s... Doctor Who monster costumes can be sort of charmingly simplistic. I, it, it's I'm I'm not bashing it for looking a bit shonky by twenty twenty two standards. I think it almost it it it, it adds to the charm of it. Hmm. So Mary is from a savage oppressed society, and the necklace is how they communicate, and hmm. the machine is her transporter, as we've already said. She's been here two hundred years and wants to go home but she refuses to willingly go to Torchwood. Owen is still stumped by the autopsy, whilst Tosh just has a full-blown breakdown. Yeah. Owen begins researching cases with removed hearts, because that's what this seems to be, rather than um, gunshot wound. Yeah. Uh, He calls Jack... And says, you're going to want to see this. 
which is just just so on it, brand for Torchwood, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I, I I hate to see what the what the subject lines in their work emails are like. It must just all be just like, uh, um, can I just ask something? <laughs> just uh, like just really vague shit like that. No, I, I all assume the time. it's going to be like clickbait. It's like you'll never believe what I found at the dig site. <laughs> so, yeah, they just have no workplace etiquette whatsoever. No. Like, I just hate Torchwood. Yeah. So, despite refusing to go willingly to Torchwood, Mary goes willingly to Torchwood and yep. is confronted by Jack. And there is a questionable comment here about Ooh. transgender yeah. people. And I... Yeah. I don't want to address it other than saying it made me feel quite uncomfortable and yeah. I hope things like that aren't in television nowadays. No, that would definitely not make it past a script edit these days. And um, what makes it slightly worse is that there is there's a sort of variation of that joke in one of Whithouse's other scripts oh, is uh, for Doctor Who. Yeah, do you remember when... Um, in uh, a town called Mercy, uh, the doctor befriends a horse and he says to someone, uh, his name is Susan and he wants you to respect his life choices. Oh, yeah. So it's a bit more Doctor who and light-hearted, but it's still one of those things that, like... It, it's a bit of a clangor, isn't it? Yeah, why is Whithouse always focusing on that? Yeah, it's 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 a weird pattern, and uh, and as well, it's very strange that the that Barrowman was apparently happy with that. When I thought part, it's one of, part of his appeal seems to be that he's you know this sort of like LGBT icon, um, and really adored by a whole section of that community. It seems, but I'm like, if he really was, would he be comfortable? cracking jokes like that on national tv mm. yeah so that was yeah that was just uh like at, yeah at that's best, a very bad taste in, say it's in a mouth. product of its time at worst i think that is i think very problematic isn't it yeah i think we have to give them the benefit of the doubt in the same way that you can look at some lines in classic who that it, by today's standards you're just like that is an overtly racist statement that would not be made on TV now, but it was a product of its time. I think we kind of have to th- have the same attitude to stuff like that. But but sheesh, yeah, no, that that really that that had me cringing very hard indeed. Right. So the transporter, it turns out, houses one prisoner and one guard. Mary yeah. killed the guard and then body snatched human Mary. That's how she was alive all oh, that time ago. Oh, these escaped alien prisoners. Yeah. I tell you, they're, they're all over the shop, aren't yeah, they? You can't move for them in Torchwood. <laughs> Plus, in Torchwood, why do they keep flashing back to that monster from episode one as if it's important? Is that going to be our series arc at the end of oh, that one God. monster gets out again? I think the point is that they they were meant to think that we, there are like loads of them and they're like rats and, and what have you. Mm. They you know when they've got nothing else to do they pop out and catch another couple of weevils. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, so I, they do keep reminding us of them, don't they? The body on the table is actually the soldier because Mary heart punched him and ripped his heart yeah. out when yeah. he shot at her. So Mary grabs Tosh and offers a trade for Gwen. She says, look, yeah. I'll let Tosh go, but I want Gwen. But it turns out through this magic amulet, Tosh can hear that Owen prefers Gwen. Yeah. So Mary says that Jack smells inhuman. Can, can, can I ask, did you not have the feeling like after the after the incident with uh, the guy who was going to kill his family, why did Tosh keep putting the amulet back on? Like, I feel like after you've had one harrowing experience like that, I, I mean, certainly from my perspective, I'd I put that on. And after I'd had that moment in the pub with it, I would have been like, oh, never again. Not doing that. That was awful. I don't know. We'd, we'd maybe have to say it's like Lord of the Rings, where you get drunk on uh, the power it corrupts. Maybe, you. maybe, maybe. So, yeah, Mary says Jack smells inhuman. Uh, then, mm. as punishment... He just teleports her away to the centre of the sun. <laughs> yeah. David, it's my favourite point in any episode of Torchwood. It's time to stage a suicide. <laughs> uh, why? What? I, I, I don't... I don't understand Jack in this show. No. Like, happy-go-lucky, like, you know, impish Captain Jack from Doctor Who here, just blasting people into the sun. Like, he's he's literally... He is acting like judge, jury and executioner. Yeah. How is it his call to make? Like, what, what, when does he... Why does he decide, that, like, ah, oh, that one we can just lock up. This one I am firing into the heart of a sun. Yeah. Like... As as alien threats go, yes, she's she's perpetuated like you know a series of grisly murders over a very long period of time, and that is very very bad. I want to be very clear; I'm not condoning murder here. But by the same token, what gives Jack the right to decide that this one is gonna is gonna get just flung into? Oh, I don't. I hope. One I don't know that I'm being Jack, terribly articulate here, but you know what I mean. I hope one week Jack does this and it's interpreted as a declaration of war with an alien race and they just come and blow him up. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's what, at the end of the day, these decisions should have consequences. You shouldn't have someone who's... Certainly not someone that you're meant to think of as... I mean, are we supposed to think Jack is a hero? Are we supposed to like any of these characters or have any sympathy for any of them? I don't. I don't know. I certainly don't. That's what I don't get. I don't... It, it, I think the thing that, that, that I'm fundamentally struggling with with Torchwood is I don't understand how this show wants me to feel. Yeah, and I, I think that is a big problem. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, am I entertained by this? 
I mean, I will say, compared to previous weeks, I found this one very watchable. You know, I wasn't sort of making excuses to get up and make a cup of tea at the 15-minute mark or whatever. I was, I was engaged enough that I could watch it in one sitting. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, I don't... People say the back half of this series gets good, and I, I, I bloody hope that they're right, because if this is as good as it gets... Uh, I'll say that again. If this is as good as Torchwood gets, it is not good enough for me. <laughs> no. No. Right. Just, um, yeah. We, what have we got? Another three series of this? Four series? <sighs> yep. Four series in total. Oh, my Some of them are shorter than others. Oh, thank God. But, thank the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway... Next week, Matt, we're going to have a little break because it didn't seem right to celebrate our 200th episode with us just moaning about Torchwood for another week. We haven't even finished reviewing this episode. We care so little. Oh, are we not? Okay, come on, let's wrap this up. (laughs) Right, I'll I'll ace through this. We'll race Okay. Okay. So Owen and Gwen question Tosh on mind reading. Owen's really angry, but Gwen's just like, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh... Tosh talks to Jack about the necklace. And then I wondered, is this episode running short? Because there's about 45 seconds of panning shots of Cardiff. <laughs> like the ending just goes on forever. And it's just shots yeah. of the motorway through Cardiff. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what did bother me with that final scene with Jack and, and Tosh. Have we got to that bit yet? Have you mentioned that? Uh, I'll be honest, I've fully zoned out, Matt. Yeah, it, it's fine. It's fine. Go on. So the, my last thought that I had with that final scene with 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 Jack and Tosh and, 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 and you know Tosh is kind of laying her soul bare and and, and, and talking about the, the the utterly traumatic experience she's had, and Jack stands up at what seems to me like the midpoint of that conversation wipes away one of Tosh's tears and just walks off without saying goodbye. Yeah. It's like, if I was, if I was sitting with a friend or colleague and they were talking through a traumatic event and they were literally crying in front of me and we were in a public place, the bare minimum I would be doing is making sure that they get home safely and aren't still in that state. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute bare minimum. What I wouldn't be doing is leaving them at night in a built-up city area, still in tears. Yeah. Like, the the problems not... run all the way to the top at Torchwood, don't they? They really do. They really do. Jack is a bad boss. Oh, that, that's the same scene where he also um, sort of says... Oh, oh, can I can I beat my employees? And then goes, oh, red tape. <laughs> and it's like, that's that's one of those jokes that isn't really a joke, isn't it, Jack? <laughs> that's one of those jokes that reveals more about a person than they realise it does. Yeah, just, <laughs> just not a fan of this. No, no. Um, I want it to be over. Um, but it won't be. We, we, in fact, we're prolonging the misery, Matt, because next week 
we're not even going to be talking about Torchwood. We're having a week off, having a little Torchwood holiday, because we weren't going to celebrate our 200th episode with us just moaning for a week. Why change so the habit of a lifetime? <laughs> so instead, we shall be discussing a classic Who story that you may have heard of, listeners, called The, th- called the Three Doctors. Exciting. Yeah. Multi-Doctor story. Hundred, yeah. Yeah, for our 100th episode, we did a multi-Doctor story with three different incarnations. So why not do the same again? Yeah. And it's always good to see John Pertwee, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I, 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 I really am hopeful that you'll have a good time with this one, Matt. I can't say it's a masterpiece, but um, I think... It should be nice. I think it should put a smile on everyone's faces. That's the hope. It's all part of my Doctor Who education, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. You've got, you've got at the very least, you've got to tick off the multi-doctor stories, haven't you? Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to be doing. Um, So I really hope you you join us for that, listeners. I think it's going to be a special one. We're going to try and make it a special one. I think one way or another um so do join us for that until then as always thank you ever so much for listening and until next time cheerio bye now thank you for listening to neither the time nor the space if you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.